0: Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Ring of Truth with our pastor and teacher, Dan Sexton, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Please join Pastor Dan as he teaches through God's
1: Word. I love that. We'll be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of the streets. That's what we want to be known for, repairing the breach, being the first to change. Being the one who humbles himself or humbles herself for the sake of restoration, for the sake of healing, for the sake of rebuilding. We don't want to be people that are known for tearing down
0: and for destroying. Today, Pastor Dan talks about how we're called to live our lives. Oftentimes, we think that the first person to back down and apologize is weak. We're called to stand up for ourselves in the name of the Lord. But in that name is much repentance and a contrite spirit. In any relationship, if you're not willing to grow or apologize and change, then what's the point? Pastor Dan reminds us that we must be malleable and willing to admit when we're wrong. Whoever comes to the Lord with a humble heart will receive his promises. And now, open your Bibles to the book of Isaiah, chapter 58 as we join Pastor Dan for today's edition of Ring of Truth.
1: It's funny here in verses 6 and 7, God, God is talking about what they're doing in relation to other people and how they're treating other people. God is saying here, if, if you want your fast to be accepted by me, uh, make sure that you're treating other people rightly. Because they were mistreating people. He says, you know, stop oppressing other people. Stop with your wickedness and putting heavy burdens on other people. Stop putting a heavy yoke on other people. Instead, he says in verse seven, he says, share your bread with the hungry. Help others who need help. Bring them into your house, the poor who are cast out. When you see the naked, cover him. And then he says, and do not hide yourself from your own flesh. Isn't it amazing that God has to tell us that? Don't just ignore them. the person in need or the person who needs help, the person who's down and out. Don't, Don't just walk by acting like you don't see them. God knows our heart. He knows our nature. And he has that back in the Levitical law, too, or back in the law of Moses. He has similar laws that he states. He's got to write them out and tell us, don't ignore a person in need. Don't act like you don't see them. And he's got to say that to us because he knows we're going to walk by and look the other way and act like we don't see the person there in need. We'll just ignore them. And so he says here to us. Don't ignore them. Don't hide yourself from your own flesh. It's amazing that God's got to write that down in his law for us. And so God says here, regarding their fast, he says, start acting loving toward others. Start acting loving towards others. Start treating people right. You know, they think that they can mistreat people and at the same time fast. And God will answer their prayer. They didn't think that how they treated others had anything to do with their relationship with God. What did Jesus say? The two greatest commandments are love God and love your neighbor. Love your neighbor as as yourself. And and here the Isaiah is saying basically the same thing. Love your neighbor. There is a connection. There's a connection between loving others, how we treat others. And God answering prayer, God hearing our prayers again, the Israelites, they didn't think there was any connection between how God heard them or if God heard them and how they treated others to them. They had nothing to do with each other. And so they could treat somebody with great wickedness and put a burden on somebody, you know, and a yoke on somebody. And then the next day they go to the temple, they go to church. You know, they, on, they see somebody in need and they just walk by and ignore them on their way up to the temple. And, and God is God is saying, hey, no, you have to treat others and love others the right way. If you want me to hear your prayers and you want me to answer. Listen to these verses. Now, this is from Matthew chapter five from the Sermon on the Mount. Listen to what Jesus says here. He says, if you bring your gift to the altar, so the altars at the temple. So you go to the temple, again, to put it in our terminology, if you go to church and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar. Go your way. First, be reconciled to your brother. Then come and offer your gift. Go get right with your brother. Go repair that relationship. Go make that right. Then you can come. Into the presence of God. Then you can come and worship. Listen to this verse. This is written to husbands. So I have your husband here. Listen to this. Listen to what the Lord says to husbands. Husbands, likewise, dwell with your wives with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life. I love that. Myself and my wife, we are heirs together of the grace of life. And here the Lord says, husbands, dwell with your wife with understanding, giving honor to your wife as the weaker vessel. You're heirs together of the grace of life. And then listen to this, that your prayers may not be hindered. Isn't that something? Again, we might think how I treat my wife doesn't really have anything to do with my vertical relationship with God. But what God says is, if you're not treating your wife right, I'm not going to hear your prayers. I'm not going to listen to you. God's saying, don't don't come talk to me. You need to go talk to your wife first. Go get that right. Then you can come into my presence. You're going to come into my presence when your relationship with your wife is broken. I'm not going to hear you. I'm not going to listen. It's pretty heavy stuff. It's pretty important to God that we get these things right, that, are, that we're right With our fellow man, our fellow people. Now, in verse eight, the Lord says, then. Then, then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily. And your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. If you love your neighbor, if you treat your fellow man rightly. Then, then your light will shine. You know, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to let our light shine before men, right? They glorify our father in heaven. And if you treat your fellow man right, if you love others, right, then your light will shine. It will dispel the darkness, not only in your life, but it dispels the darkness in other people's lives as well. And the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. That's a pretty good deal. Then. You shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger and the speaking of wickedness. Take away the yoke, the the burden that we put on other people, the pointing of the finger, the blame we put on other people and the speaking of wickedness, speaking wickedly about other people. If you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then your light shall dawn in the darkness and your darkness shall be as the noonday. What a promise. If God's people would couple their fasting with lives of righteousness and loving others, then God says, then you'll see your prayers answered. How we treat other people is important. How we treat other people, you know, it it goes both ways in a sense. Our vertical relationship with God affects how we're going to treat other people and how our our horizontal relationship and our horizontal relationship affects our vertical relationship. It goes both ways. And how we treat others affects our relationship with the Lord. And for Israel, there was a disconnect there. They, They didn't think they had anything to do with each other. And they could still go to the temple, they could still pray, they could still fast, and then they could be a jerk to people the rest of the time. Look at verse 9 again. He says, If you stop pointing the finger, if you stop blaming others, if you humble yourself and accept responsibility for what you've done instead of blaming others. Now, the old man, the old nature that we inherited from Adam loves to blame other people, loves to point the finger. It's everybody else's fault, right? It's your fault. It's his fault. It's her fault. It's not my fault. It's their fault, right? And we point the finger at everybody else. And here the Lord says you need to point the finger at yourself and take the blame for what you've done. Take responsibility for what you've done. Look at verse 11. Look at the wonderful promise in verse 11. If you do that, the Lord will guide you. Continually. And satisfy your soul in drought. Now, remember, they're living in Israel. They're living in the Middle East. Water is scarce there. Droughts are common there. And so to know that your soul will be satisfied, your soul will be satisfied in the time of drought, that's quite a promise. And strengthen your bones. You shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Those who seek God with a sincere heart, those who love others and treat others rightly, they'll be satisfied and strengthened by the Lord. They will be full of life and fruit like a well watered garden, and they'll provide refreshment to others like a spring of water. What a promise. or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth Radio Ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor
0: Dan, and thank you for praying. Now,
1: let's finish today's message. It goes on, verse 12. Those from among you shall build the old waste places. If you remember earlier in Isaiah, uh, many months ago, we talked about how The Assyrians came into Judah, the southern kingdom, and they destroyed every city in Judah except for Jerusalem. Forty-six cities in all. They leveled them, which is what the Assyrians would do. Remember, they would go into a country. They would wipe out all the cities except for the capital city. And then they would surround the capital city and demand a surrender. And so the Assyrians came in and destroyed all the cities of Judah, forty-six cities in all. And left the city of Jerusalem. And God delivered the city of Jerusalem miraculously. If you remember the story. And here there's this promise made. That the waste places. And they've got a lot of waste places in their country at this point. The waste places. Shall be rebuilt. What was lost. Will be restored. If what? If they seek the Lord with a sincere heart. And if they love others. And treat others the way that they want to be treated. Then God will restore the waste places. That's not only true for a nation. That's true in a relationship too. You know, if someone in a relationship makes the decision. And makes the choice. That I'm going to change. I'm going to stop mistreating this other person. I'm going to choose to stop fighting and quarreling. And I'm going to choose instead to proactively love them. Do things to help them and bless them and express my love to them by the things that I do for them. I'm going to treat them the way that I would like to be treated. I can bring restoration. I can bring healing into a relationship. Those from among you shall build the old waste places. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations and you shall be called the repairer of the breach and the restorer of streets to dwell in <laughs> i love that you'll be called the repairer of the breach the restorer of the streets that's what we want to be known for repairing the breach being the first to change being the one who humbles himself or humbles herself for the sake of restoration for the sake of healing for the sake of rebuilding We don't want to be people that are known for tearing down and for destroying. He goes on now in verse 13 to say, If you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of the Lord honorable, and shall honor him, not doing your own ways on the Sabbath, nor finding your own pleasure, nor speaking your own words, Then you shall delight yourself in the Lord and I will cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth and feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. It. The Sabbath day had also become just an empty religious observance, you know, just a just a obligation that they had to keep for the Jewish people of Isaiah's day and the people on the Sabbath day. They still pursued their own pleasure. Uh, you know, instead of delighting in the Sabbath day, delighting in a day spent resting from work, delighting in the Lord on the Sabbath day, it was just this obligation, this ritual. Now, they can understand they kept it. They kept the Sabbath day, but they weren't really seeking the Lord. They, they were seeking how to please themselves, to live for themselves. On the Sabbath. They weren't delighting in God as the day was meant to be. You know, even today uh, in Jerusalem on the Sabbath day, if you're in Jerusalem on the Sabbath day, the Sabbath day starts at sundown, begins in, in the nighttime. And so that afternoon, everything's shutting down so everybody can go home and be home by the Sabbath day. But for many people living in Jerusalem, it's an inconvenience that they've got to deal with, like traffic around here. You got to deal with traffic, right? You can't avoid it. Well, for them, because it's the law, everything's got to shut down. A lot of people just see it as this big inconvenience. And it's not this delight. It's not this, hey, we get to spend the day with our family doing nothing but worshiping the Lord and spending the day with with family and the Lord. They just see it kind of as a hassle. I got to get things done because everything's going to close down. I can't go to the store or whatever, you know. And they just see it that way. And, and what they do is they try to figure out ways to kind of work around the Sabbath laws and come up with little uh, loopholes to get around the, the Sabbath laws. You know, in the, some of the hotel rooms in Jerusalem, they have these uh, little boxes that have things plugged into it. And you can pre-program like the television to come on for you on the Sabbath day because they're not allowed to turn on the TV on the Sabbath day. So they'll just pre-program the TV the day before so they can still watch the game or whatever, right? But they didn't turn the TV on. Or they'll go eat in a restaurant so they can still enjoy a nice hot meal, but they're not the ones serving it. Someone else is cooking it. Someone else is serving it to them. So they're not working. The other guy's breaking the Sabbath day to serve them, but at least they're not breaking the Sabbath day. So they have all of these little rules, you know, loopholes to try to get around what God intended to be a blessing to them. And a lot of people just see it as a hassle, that they've got to work around. God says, if you delight in me and my Sabbath, he says, I'll give you great honor. I'll give you the heritage promise to Jacob. And then he ends by saying, the Lord has spoken these promises so you can believe them and you can trust that they will come to pass. Chapter 59, it continues. It says, behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, nor his ear heavy, that it cannot hear, but your iniquities have separated you from your God and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. It's not that the Lord cannot hear their prayers and it's not that the Lord is too weak to help them or save them. It's because of their sin that God refused to hear and God refused to help them. And again, he's writing this to, to God's people because of their sin, that God doesn't hear their prayers, God doesn't help them. You know, David wrote in Psalm 66, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. Sin separates us from God. That's why Jesus came and died on the cross, because of our sin. And even as believers, when we sin, our sin breaks fellowship. With God, And that's why it's important for us to confess our sins, to walk in the light. And when we confess our sins, God is faithful to forgive us and to cleanse us of all of our sins and all of our unrighteousness. And here here God says to Israel, hey, the issue is not with me, it's with you. It's not that I can't hear you, and it's not that I'm not powerful enough to help you or save you. Your sins have separated you from God. And your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. Now, what were their sins? Verse 3 tells us. For your hands are defiled with blood and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies. Your tongue has muttered perversity. And these sins all have to do with how they treated other people. He says their hands were defiled with blood. They they practice violence. They practice murder. You know, Jesus, remember, said, if you have hatred in your heart, it's the same as murder. Uh, we can murder somebody with our words. He said, your lips speak lies. They spoke lies with ease. They spoke lies often. Their tongue muttered perversity. Not only that, verse 4, no one calls for justice, nor does any plead For truth. No one cared about doing what's right or fair or just or honest in the nation. No one pleaded for the truth. They trust in empty words and they speak lies. They conceive evil and bring forth iniquity. Again, these are God's people he's talking to. God's people are supposed to be the salt of the earth. But these have lost their saltiness. It goes on in verse 5. They hatch viper's eggs. You know, their, their plans that they hatch are deadly. They weave the spider's web, right? They weave this web that people get tangled up in. He who eats of their eggs dies. And from that which is crushed, a viper breaks out. Everything that they're planting is just, it's deadly. Their webs, and look what he says in verse 6, their webs will not become garments. These spider, you know, these webs that they're weaving, they're not going to be able to make garments or clothing out of them to cover them. Uh, You know, quite often in the Bible, when it talks about our sin, it refers to it as our nakedness. They're not going to be able to cover their nakedness. They're not going to be able to cover their sin.
2: He asked me how I truer than the finest crystal.
0: We're so glad you joined us today for Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. If you missed any part of this message or would like to hear additional teachings from this series, they're available to you for free at calvaryec.com. While you're there, be sure to subscribe to our podcast. That way you will have access to each message as soon as it's made available online. That website again is calvaryec.com. If you live in the Baltimore, Washington area, we'd love for you to worship with us this Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. Calvary Chapel is located in Columbia, Maryland, only minutes from Route 95, Route 29, or Route 100. For more information on what you can expect when you visit, go to calvaryec.com or give us a call. We can be reached at 410-491-4592. Again, that phone number is 410-491-4592. We look forward to you joining us as our guests. And please, take a moment to introduce yourself to Pastor Dan after the service and let him know you listen to Ring of Truth. With that, our time with you has come to an end today on Ring of Truth. Join Pastor Dan next time for more from this verse-by-verse, chapter-by-chapter study of the book of Isaiah right here on Ring of Truth.
2: Nice hands that crack